0: You know, it has always been my nature since before I was a first responder that if I saw somebody on the side of the road in need of help, I would stop and help them. From the time I was 14 or 15 years old, I would insist that my mother pull over because we always had jumper cables or a toolbox or something in the back of the car to help with the tire change or a dead battery or whatever. That's always been in my nature. Once I joined the military and became a first responder, it became not only my nature, but something that I was trained to do, if I saw somebody in need of help, to stop and render aid. I also remember driving one day with my friend and his dad, who was a medical doctor psychiatrist, and... We saw what looked like it could become an accident with people sliding all over the road and other people everywhere. And he said, we need to keep going. And I said, but what, if, what if it actually does become an accident with that car is stalled in the road? He said, if it actually does become an accident, we'll be here for hours because we're legally obligated. Right now, it's not an accident and we're free to go. Now, what does all that have to do with leadership? Well, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I think one of the biggest challenges with today's society, just the way that a lot of people look at culture and society and integration, is that on the one hand, there are ideologies that are being spread by those who would say, I just want everyone to to get along. But really the ideologies that they're spreading are not about getting along, it's about seeing things my way, and only seeing things my way. If you don't see it my way, then you'll get cancelled, exposed, doxxed, shut down, silenced, whatever needs to happen until you do see it my way. And, And that's an unusual form of influence and manipulation. On the other hand, we have those who say, I, I'm, I'm busy in my silo. I do what I'm supposed to do in my space, whether that's a business space or a political space or a religious space or only in my family space or only as a student space. I stay in my space. I deal with what goes on in my world, and, and I'm not messing with anybody else. I'm, I'm just going to do what's in my world. And I want to challenge you to ask the question as a leader. If you have the skill set, if you have the ability, if you have the knowledge, the wherewithal, whether it's financial wherewithal or it's wisdom or it's just a better understanding of how things actually work, not just philosophically utopian-wise would work, but how things actually work. If you have that skill set, if you possess that toolbox or those jumper cables in your life, why would you not render aid where it's necessary? Why would you not help if you could? See, I think great leaders tend to operate within their silo. They, they do well in the box that they're given responsibility for. They, they steward what's in front of them very well. But I also think great leaders tend to bleed outside of that and influence those that are in their immediate circumference, in, in the places that they touch every day. I don't think a great leader, for an example, would, would have a lunch meeting with a bunch of buddies in an isolated room with the doors closed and have a deep, heartfelt conversation, and then demonstrate no leadership skills to the wait staff that serves them, or the team that is taking care of their needs from coffee, copy, prints to uh, binders to projector or AV. In fact, being someone who owns an AV company kind of gives me a fly on the wall perspective a lot of times there have been many many times that i've been hired strictly as an av person bring the microphones bring the sound system bring the cameras record everything put it up on the big screen edit the video give it to us later i can do all of that and often i get these very arrogant people who feel like that's my job i should stay in my wheelhouse i don't know anything else and when that's the contract you have hired me on That's what you're going to get out of me. But I can tell you, too, in fact, this is a true story. It's been a few years now, but there was a guy who had heard that I could do this whole AV thing for a seminar or a conference. And he had been at a conference that I had been at where I did all of that stuff and I stayed in the background and I did nothing else. I turned the mics on at the right time. I made sure they had the intro music and the rollouts and the slideshows and did everything to the best of my ability. When I showed up at his event to do the same thing, uh, I overheard him in the corner, uh, very frustrated. I mean, just almost irate, stomping mad, because one of the people who was supposed to present at his conference called 45 minutes before the conference started to say, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. Something else came up that pays me more money. I'm going to go do that instead. Good luck with your conference. His opening speaker bailed on him the day of his conference. Well, I overheard this because I'm still waiting on the slideshow for this person and still waiting to put a microphone on them because we're about to get started with this event. And I said, is there anything I can help you with? And he turned to me in pure sarcasm. And he said, yeah, if you've got a speech or something that you could present in 30 minutes, then yeah, then you can help me. Otherwise, just let me figure this out. And I said, what kind of speech are you looking for? He said, well, anything around leadership, business, marketing, anything like that. And I said, I got that. And he looked at me incredulously as if to say, you're just making stuff up. Why would you even have anything like that? And so he gave me the speaking slot, not the opening one. He rearranged some people, put a heavier hitter at the beginning and put me in at about 10 o'clock. But I filled up a nice one-hour speaking piece in his day while also running the sound system and stuff because fortunately I had my number one assistant there and he was able to keep it going. But after I finished the speech, I finished my presentation and he came to me during lunch and he said, I hate for this to be true, but it is. Your presentation was probably the number one so far we've had at this conference. What you said, not coming here prepared to speak, was better than what I think the guy would have said who was supposed to be here to speak. And I will never have another conference that you're not on my speaking docket. Okay. I'm not saying this to be braggadocious, and I'm not saying this to be self-promoting. I'm saying this to point out to you that there are those times that what people know about you in your wheelhouse, where they expect you to serve well, where they expect you to do your job well, where they expect you to lead, do your job well, 100%, but also be willing to acknowledge that you have something to offer outside of that box. When I'm driving from point A to point B, I possess everything it takes me to get from point A to point B, most of the time. Like everybody else, I've had a breakdown, I've had issues, I've had flat tires or bad tires or a mechanical failure of some sort, and I need help. But most of the time, I'm prepared to get myself there, and I'm also almost always prepared to help somebody else a little bit, whether it's a toe strap or a jump rope or a lug wrench or jack, whatever it is. And I believe that that is the responsibility of a leader. Now, let's move that from the highway, from the roadside into real life. How often do you see someone who maybe is having a bad day? They're just struggling with something. You can see the emotion on the face. You can see the shoulders slumped down. and The stress is just weighing them down. And if you have the ability through a few kind words, if you have the skill set, the tool set as a leader to lift them up, to encourage them, why would you not render aid? Why would you not take a second and help them? Why would you not say something encouraging, uplifting, empowering to them? Give them a few words of wisdom. It doesn't have to be judgmental. It doesn't have to be an accusation or an insinuation or an indictment on their life choices. It has to be something that builds them up. And if you are a great leader, you possess that skill set like a first responder or a medical physician who has the ability to render aid in an accident, I believe leaders have the obligation to do that. Not to impose yourself in somebody's life against their will, but if you have an opportunity to help, you should. If you have the skill set to help, you should. Yeah, here I am, shooting all over you. I challenge you as leaders, if If the opportunity presents itself to do more than simply pass by an opportunity of help, if the opportunity presents itself to engage with someone and do something that's going to be positive in their life, if you're a leader, do that. Leadership is influence. Nothing more and nothing less. So let me give you an example of a way that you might do that. You might, I don't know, create a short video for TikTok. I don't care if you watch hours of TikTok or not. I don't care if you even like the platform. If you have something positive to say that will encourage and build up people, make a short video, drop it on TikTok. Make one and drop it on Facebook. Make a video and drop it on YouTube. Share the wisdom and the knowledge that you have from your perspective in a different way. There's a really good chance that if 10 people had exactly the same training that I have, that we were asked a question in front of a crowd, You would get 10 or more answers from those 10 people, even with the same training, even with the same knowledge. Why? Because we all come to life with different backgrounds. We have different filters. We have different opinions. We have different ways of saying things. And although the wisdom may be anchored and foundationally accurate, the way that I present it versus the way someone else presents it may resonate or may not resonate. It may be that coming from a certain type of person with a certain type of background, the exact same words carry more weight. That's just a fact. Why do you think John Maxwell doesn't have three coaches? He has 30,000 plus. Because we realize that the concept of leadership that needs to be spread throughout the world, that idea that there are foundational core values that will help everybody, That's not gonna get across from one or two or five people, especially if they all just look like me. There are people who are John Maxwell coaches from every walk of life, from every country on the globe, from every social status, from every education level. There are young people, yes, true story, Minors under 18 years old who are now certified John Maxwell coaches, they've been through all the training, they will get their certification on their 18th birthday to actually go out and practice as John Maxwell coaches. They've been through the training since they were 14 or 15 years old. Why? Because they reach a different audience than I reach. But the truth remains the same. If you're a competent leader, if you're a great leader, you've got a skill set that not everybody has. You have a toolbox that not everybody has. You have the ability to help and to render aid when someone is in a crisis. And I believe it's a leadership failure for you not to do that. Again, I'm not saying go impose yourself on everybody that you come across. But I am saying, if you see an opportunity and you identify it as a chance to help through influence in somebody else's life, I believe that's a leadership failure not to. And I challenge you to take the time today to ask yourself, what opportunities did I miss yesterday? I mean, honestly, sit down with your journal or a piece of paper and a pen and and go through your day in your mind and exercise that says, what could I have done for somebody else? What could I have done differently? What opportunity did I miss? Who could I have helped that I failed to help? And if you can be honest with yourself and identify a few of those, then maybe at least by the end of this week, you'll have a chance to help render aid where you have the opportunity to render aid. Get outside of your box. Leaders don't just lead in the place of their immediate responsibility. They influence outside their circle on a regular basis. And if you've not been doing that because you feel the pressure of others to stay in your lane... Um, that really just says there's a greater need for you to step outside your box than you realize. That's my challenge for you this week. Get out of your box. Lead and influence everywhere that you have an opportunity. Render aid where you're skilled to do that. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.